Well, it's been a long while, friend. Thanks for uh, taking the summer off with us and uh, and hanging out with those kids of yours and hopefully playing a little ball and hitting the beach and and just making memories. Uh, Coach Ball Game here on the Talk and Shop podcast, episode 68. Uh, this is kicking off season three right here. And um, I'm sad to say we don't have Coach Chopper today. Um, I'm going to give you a recap of my crazy, wild, nutty summer. Uh, but uh, Chopper's got a new job. You may recall uh, that at the end of season two, he let us know that he's got a new gig as an athletic director of a high school. So uh, he had some duties to take care of. Uh, he'll be back next week uh, and, and we'll crank it up uh, with him. But um, to all of you that I, I might have shook hands with uh, on the road this summer, um, I say thank you. Uh, it's been a summer to remember uh, in, in many ways. And, and I just want to start uh, by saying thank you to all of our Patreons that, that keep supporting us. Uh, they keep Tommy Gold's lights on as he edits our social media videos. Um, and uh, I, I'm just thankful for this community that we've built. And I saw a lot of you on the road, got to meet you in person. Uh, and and I think the biggest takeaway, I posted this on my Instagram, shoot me some questions. One of the questions was actually from one of my boots in Charlottesville, Virginia. Coach Big Hurt asked, what's the biggest takeaway? I think it's just the massive amounts of good people that are out there um, that that I got to meet that noticed a need in their community, whether that be um, more fun in their little league community or more engagement um, or or character, whatever it might be, uh, they did something about it. They called me up and said, hey, let's do this thing. And I know it wasn't easy for all my boots out there to try and rally the troops and get a bunch of folks to sign up uh, for this thing. And, and you did it. And I'm very, very appreciative. Uh, the highlight of my summer so far has been the coaches clinics that we've been doing after the Sandlot. We do the three-hour camp with the kids. Uh, lots of great volunteers uh, out there um, digging their feet in, uh, coming up with nicknames. And, and teaching the game of baseball. But afterwards, we unpack that camp. And uh, I just ask questions, and, and they ask questions. And we have a great little roundtable discussion, uh, and I try and lay out a really fun, effective schedule, practice schedule for them as their fall ball uh, begins. But uh, it cranked up uh, in Nova Scotia. My good pal, uh, Davo, we call him the unit. Um, he got it going there and then drove up to Prince Edward Island, got to uh, borrow uh, Davo's truck and drive four hours north, uh, practically in Newfoundland. But Prince Edward Island was beautiful. Coach Bernsey uh, was there. He was my boots. Um, and, and he's building something very strong uh, there in Canada. I really loved my Canadian swing uh, because hockey is king. Uh, but what I've noticed is this message of Sandlot and, and uh, character and fun uh, going ahead of, of wins, it's needed in hockey too. So some great baseball up there in Canada, some great hockey, uh, but the message uh, is the same. So uh, from there, we, we, 
we flew down to Boston and I met Mrs. Ballgame and Baby Ballgame and Biddy Ballgame there. And uh, it, it, it continued to feel like a college reunion tour. Um, unit in Nova Scotia was a pitcher on our team at Brown. And then uh, throughout the Boston area, Cape Cod, Milton, Mass, and Westboro, Mass, uh, my boots on the ground there were college friends. And, uh, and they brought their kids. And it, it was just a great, a great way for me to introduce my family to my college family. And, and I got a very tight-knit group there uh, from college. I think I'm in the minority, but we stay in touch. And uh, uh, the girls really were excited to go to Cape Cod and, and see New England for the first time. Took the girls to a Red Sox game at Fenway. I mean, the monster baby. Gotta love it. Um, and just some really great uh, feedback from the Massachusetts swing. I had a good buddy uh, who I actually was in acting class with uh, back in the day. Uh, he's from Massachusetts, and he was able to sit in the bleachers, and he said, it brought a tear to my eye just watching you tell the Roberto Clemente story and, and teach the game of baseball to all these Massachusetts boys. Um, uh, but uh, had, had a really good time doing that. And then afterwards, the coaches clinic. I think the most challenging part of the coaches clinic, which uh, went down about 8, 8.30 uh, p.m. every night, was the gnats. Uh, there was a lot of bugs, and we were slapping our legs uh, as we went through these, uh, these coaches clinics. But really thankful for, for all my boots uh, in Massachusetts, uh, Coach Annie and Coach Pick in Cape Cod, Big Mike and Milton Mass, and uh, Kyle the Golden Graham in Westboro. Uh, once again, you guys, you found me a field, uh, and you got the word out to your community, and I know some of you boots on the ground, you had a tough time getting the local Little Leagues uh, behind it. Well, that's okay. This was a plant the seeds uh, first go. You know, I did five sandlots in 2021 in five different cities. I did 22 last year. Uh, we're trying 60 this year, so uh, there's a lot of ground to be broken, and I'm, I just applaud uh, all my boots uh, that, uh, that rallied uh, because I think uh, there's some value to, to, uh, to a coach's clinic um, where these parents and coaches who might be electricians or nurses or uh, may have never played ball, uh, they, they want to help their kids out. They want to make it fun. They want to teach them the game. So if I can give them anything I've learned from my mentors or from my mistakes, uh, I, I love doing it. So uh, Massachusetts was sweet. Uh, from there, we went to Connecticut. We had Jeff the mayor uh, in uh, Litchfield, Connecticut, and we had some nasty rain that night. So what did we do? We found a gym. Uh, I, I texted him. I said, hey, it looks pretty bad. Do we have an indoor facility? He's like, well, I actually have a gymnasium across the street. And uh, we were able to open that up and had a great sandlot in Litchfield, Connecticut. And then down to Waterford, the first lady, Kristen, uh, she, uh, she blew up this big flyer uh, of the sandlot with, with, uh, with all the specifics on it and put it on the snack shack there uh, in Waterford. And uh, we had a great turnout there. A lot of coaches as well, but um, in Connecticut, I noticed that some of the uh, coaches that came uh, to volunteer for the sandlot and then participate in the coaches clinic, they came from a long way away. Uh, and, and this continued uh, in New Jersey and Virginia, where uh, these coaches and some of them were board members of little leagues or uh, presidents of little leagues. They said, hey, we drove two hours to be here. Why don't you come to our town next year? 
And that's kind of how uh, we're building this out. And, and uh, those passionate uh, coaches and parents that really want to see a change, and maybe they got a chip on their shoulder because they've seen this win at all costs atmosphere just uh, just uh, just trickle in and, and make things a little toxic. Um, they're doing something about it. So many thanks to to the mayor and the first lady and then over to Scranton, PA, uh, Wild Bill. I call him. He he got things going in Scranton, PA. We had a good uh, a good sandlot there, and probably the biggest coaches turnout uh, for a coaches clinic. I think every parent stayed, and we just talked. How are things going in in the little league there in Scranton? Uh, what are, what's going great? What can be fixed? How can I help? Uh, and and I will lay out this plan uh, of of what I've been kind of running through uh, on my tour with the coaches clinic. I'll lay that out uh, after I, I say thank you to each of these boots, but uh, I think it'll help you. I think it'll help you as you start your fall ball and, and you start to meet 12 new kids and you need to figure out how to spend 90 minutes effectively. Um, so I'll, uh, I'll get that going. That's a tease. I'll, I'll jump into that uh, in a few minutes. We had uh Richie turn in two in Ridgewood, New Jersey. That's the, Third time I've been to Ridgewood uh, and Glen Rock area in in the year 2023. So uh, always a stop there. The girls got to stay in New York City. Uh, we did a Jonas Brothers concert at Yankee Stadium. Let's go. I actually loved it. <laughs> I love me some Jonas Brothers. And the girls, uh, they made big signs. Of course, they loved that. Um and then uh, we did Wicked on Broadway as well. So it was really important to me that we make some family memories along this trip. We also stopped in Mystic, Connecticut, uh, which is a real gym. Um, and, uh, and I got some big Lebowski socks and a shirt. That's what I did. Um, so a really good time in the tri-state area. Uh, Ridgewood brought some folks from uh, an hour and a half, two hours away uh, who had just you know, they listen to the podcast or follow me on uh, social media and um, and drove two hours. We played till dark, had a coach's clinic in the dark with some sprinkling rain. Um, and thank you to all of you that that came to that. Then down to Hamilton, New Jersey. Uh, that's our third time there as well this year. And uh, the El Presidente mowed the grass right before our sandlot, made sure the field was looking good. Uh, and I got to hit that Trenton, Philly, area there. Uh, a lot of kids uh, were nicknamed Bryson Stott or Bryce Harper uh, in that town. But Hamilton, uh, love you. Appreciate you, Presidente. Uh, and then down to Virginia. We hit Springfield, which is just outside of D.C., Carrollton, which is the uh, Virginia Beach area, and then Charlottesville. Uh, in Springfield, we had Coach Adam, uh, who is, um, I mean, he he's He's high ops uh, in uh, in the military. So first things first, thank you for your service, Coach Adam. You've got a very busy work schedule, and you uh, spent time uh, trying to get this thing off the ground in your in your town. Your boys were awesome to coach, um, and we had a really good group of kids there that were dialed in with an epic team meeting pose right out of the gates. And this was a, an eye-opener because this is where – 
we had folks coming uh, from the Richmond area, north of D.C., over in Maryland. Um, we had a lot of coaches come that were very passionate about this message. And I think uh, from this Springfield, Virginia sandlot in 2023, we're going to spring uh, maybe four brand new sandlots uh, in that D.C. area. I backtrack a little bit in the uh, Hamilton uh, sandlot. We had some folks from Tom's River. And I've been waiting for some boots uh, to slide into my DMs uh, from Tom's River because I know that's a big little league town. Uh, so uh, we're going to get Tom's River going in 2024 um, and that D.C. greater area. Over to Carrollton, uh, which is uh, near Norfolk in the Virginia Beach area. And uh, my man, Coach White Lightning, who has uh, brought his 18 kids. I think he's got 18 children now, maybe five. But he and Mrs. White Lightning, they get in the van and they, if I'm ever anywhere near North Carolina or Virginia, they come. And so thank you, uh, the White Lightning crew and Coach Cole Bond, uh, who uh, really uh, found us the field, uh, helped get that word out. Uh, just so, uh, so inspired to, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't that many kids at that one, but you had a kid that drove an hour. And they 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 loved watching Coach Ballgame videos. And to be able to uh, meet them, give them a nickname, coach them for three hours, tell them these stories, uh, and then take a picture with them. I mean, I, I've figured this out that some of these kids, you know, they do uh, look up to Coach Ballgame like I did Andre Dawson. And, and I'll never totally understand that. I just feel like a hick, uh, you know, bumpkin from North Carolina – but there are kids that that see my videos on their parents' phone or on the YouTube, and and um, they're they're kind of shocked to meet me. And I just say, hey, I'm just a I'm just a guy from North Carolina uh, that loves coaching kids. So um, uh, we came up with great nicknames and had a, another good coaches clinic there uh, in Carrollton. And then Charlottesville was uh, was another highlight. Coach Big Hurt. Uh, we went golfing that day, got to chat. I think that's one of the best ways I can, I can, uh, get to know somebody and, and, uh, you know, throw some ideas back and forth is on a golf course. So we, uh, we set that up, went to lunch, uh, actually took a nap, uh, at his house right before the sandlot. And it was a little bit hot, but again, we had coaches from, uh, from, uh, two hour and a half, two and a half hours away that came, uh, just to, just to smell it, smell the sandlot, see it in person. And I think that's the idea is, uh, in this year of 2023, if a few good people can just see it and really hear it, hear the, the cheer, the joy, uh, hear, uh, hear the stories and just see these kids faces and see how impactful it can be. And then, uh, see how, uh, much information can, can, can be delivered during these coaches clinics as well. Um, I think it's a, a good way to plant some seeds and, and grow for 2024. Um, but Charlottesville was amazing. Uh, thank you, Big Hurt, for dialing that in. Atta boy. Um, then I got to go home for two days. I got to hang out with my brothers, um, and I got to hang out with my parents and got to spend the night uh, at the, the home that I grew up in and even did a, an Instagram Live with my dad. Uh, where we discussed how to foster a good baseball relationship with with parents and kids. And uh, I've been very outspoken on this pod and on my socials about 
how he was just a, a really cool baseball dad. Um, he kept it quiet during the games and uh, really, I never felt pressure to succeed in, in a big moment from him. Um, it was, it was really even killed at all times. So got to unpack and actually ask him why and where that came from. Where, where did that technique of yours come from? You know, I'm sure you felt some anxiety in these big moments. I'm a ninth grader coming into a varsity uh, state championship baseball game, coming to close in the game. And I'm sure he was nervous and wanted to yell, but uh, he just never drank that Kool-Aid. So that's a good one. It's on my Instagram feed at Coach Ball Game. Uh, but uh, Papa Ball Game, um, we we had some good good conversation there. Good lasagna. Uh, Mom makes the best, uh, and just some good family time. I always feel kind of centered when I head home, and um, just go go to Franklinville Diner there and have some breakfast, and uh, it, it was a real nice reboot. Uh, then drove over to Louisville, Kentucky. Stopped in Knoxville, which is about halfway from my home in Carolina to Louisville. And uh, and I got to have some dinner at Calhoun's. Great barbecue if you're ever in Knoxville. Right on the water. Go to Calhoun's. And then another four-hour drive up to Louisville where we had our biggest turnout of the August uh, tour. Uh, Louisville was amazing. 60 kids. And uh, the coolest part was, was my boots there, uh, which was uh, Coach Matt. Uh, he's a fireman. Call him Matt the Fireman. Uh, he played pro ball. And then he came back to his hometown there in Louisville and he noticed that this little league that he grew up playing in and, and, and the place he fell in love with the game, it was in ruins. The, there were weeds and high grass and uh, there were no kids playing. So he did something about it. He's got five kids of his own and he thought, well, my kids, if I want them to have the same uh, childhood I had, I'm going to do something about it. Got the lawnmower out um, and, and started putting the pieces together. Got some other good uh, coaches to jump on board uh, to build this team, to help build this culture. Coach Hosedown is his right-hand man there. And we called him Coach Hosedown because it was hot in Louisville. And uh, we had a hose, a water hose, and every water break, Coach Hosedown would just take these kids uh, with some good cold water. So uh, I love that story. I want to bring Coach Matt, the fireman, on uh, just so he can tell his side of the story and why in the world would he want to um, – do all that work. You know, he's a fireman. That's a lot of work. He's got five kids. That's a lot of work. Uh, and then his youngest daughter is known as um, the ballpark kid. She's like two years old. She's just always at the ballpark because they have put a lot of time and energy into that. But um, being able to go there and uh, sing my tune, tell my stories, uh, do my thing, it felt like home. And we've already planned uh, for 2024 to do it the uh, the weekend of the Kentucky Derby. Let's go. Uh, get in on a on a, a Thursday night. Um, try to play Valhalla Friday morning. They do a Sandlot Friday night. They actually have school off the Friday before the Derby. It's a thing. And then me and Mrs. Ballgame can put our uh, big hats on and go to the Derby on Saturday. That's the idea. And then we closed out the August tour uh, with Nashville. I mean, come on. A little two-hour drive from Louisville. And uh, my boots, uh, Matt Carullo, uh, who actually grew up with my good pal Dan Spring in the D.C. area, uh, Carullo uh, ran into some difficulties. He had a field and then he lost it. You know, it's, uh, some, you know it happens to my boots where, uh-oh, uh, we've lost the, the field. What do we do? He texts uh, Barry Zito and, uh, and actor Jonathan Shake 
uh, and and those two studs uh, found us a field. So thank you, uh, Carulo. Thank you, Jonathan Shake, and thank you, Barry Zito, who brought his guitar. And you might have seen it on my Instagram. Uh, he's a talented musician, Cy Young Award winner, World Series champion. He's been on the pod, friend of the pod. Uh, but he brought the guitar, and he's got two young boys, uh, and and he wants he wants to teach them the love of the game, just like he had. He had a dad that taught him love of play. He wants the same thing. So uh, he he wrote a song called Ballpark Kids. Please go listen to it on Spotify. And and uh, I got to jump on the drums uh, and play that tune with him. Uh, but what a way to end end that crazy tour. Uh, started in Nova Scotia, ended in Nashville. Um, but uh, you're the best, all my boots. I just wanted to uh, name you all by nickname and, and say thank you. And I can't wait to do it again in uh, 2024. I certainly will be back. Um, and, and as I come back to these cities year in, year out, I want to keep building. I want to keep building brand new things. So uh, this year it was the coaches clinic, really uh, building that up because there's so much value there. A lot of the coaches that helped me coach these sandlots, and there were 405 kids that attended uh, in August in these uh, different cities. Uh, you know, these coaches, they're going to coach hundreds and thousands of kids that I'll never meet. So to give them some of these tools and resources is super important. Uh, and, and the tools and resources I gave uh, were pretty simple. The coach ballgame lens, which we've talked about on the pod here a lot. Uh, character and fun. Um, in a world where it's win first, skill development second, uh, flip that on its head and make youth baseball about character and fun. And, and I used to treat them equally. But I've I've been watching some of the Little League World Series, and I've been noticing that some of these bat flips and some of these celebrations uh, uh, that that stem from uh, having fun have uh, have actually transitioned into shoving it in the other team's face. Uh, and we're not about that. That's not what a ball player does. Yeah, we want to let the kids play. We want to have uh, have a great time. Uh, but when when you're um, uh, when you're saying na 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 boo boo to the other team, so to speak, and and you're uh, displaying uh, just a shove it in your face kind of mentality, well then then that's gone overboard. There's always a balance to uh, to everything in your diet, uh, in the in in the fun that you have. Uh, there is a balance. So I, I am treating character as one A. Let's teach that first, and then love of play and fun as one B. Um, and, and I think when you're, you're, you looking through that lens of building character, then when they hit that home run, they're not going to shove it in the other team's face. They're not going to be disrespectful. Uh, they're going to be respectful uh, of the other team and, and say, you know what, I'm just going to Mickey Mantle it around the bases. I hit a bomb, uh, and, and I helped my team win the game, but I'm just going to jog around, uh, with my head down and, and beat them with my bat instead of my dance moves or my celebration. So, um, find that balance. So there's character and fun. Third place is skill development as far as my lens goes. And then winning the game uh, comes in last. It should be last place. And, and if uh, you have if you have that outlook, I think you will win more games. Why? Because um, uh, the, the kids aren't afraid to fail in the big moment. Uh, when, when it's about character and love of play, you're just trying to get the kid to come back next year. You want them to come back because the game's so fun. So when they strike out, you're not going to yell at them. 
you're not going to curse them. Um, you're not even going to yell at the umpire if they made a bad call. Uh, because you're not trying to win the game that day. You're trying to build this kid up to be a great dad, a great uh, brother, a great student. Um, that's where your your priorities are. So um, all, all that toxic stuff, it, um, it kind of goes by the wayside. And that's what I noticed on this tour. I think uh, maybe the, the second big takeaway on this tour um, was that there's so many great people out there, so many great coaches that care and are, and are looking through that right lens that all these viral videos I've seen of, of umpires getting punched by coaches and parents screaming and things of that nature, that it's not fake news. It, it, it is out there, but it is, uh, it's, it's the drastic stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's like, it's like when you watch the news, all you see is the bad. Um, and these viral videos uh, you know, a lot of times it's just the bad, but there's so much good. If you really drive uh, into Carrollton, Virginia, or you drive down to um, uh, a Ridgewood, New Jersey, or into a Scranton, PA, and, and you meet these these people, no, they're all in good places. And I had a, a great question come up in my Charlottesville, Virginia um, uh, coaches clinic of you know, I'm a travel ball coach. No, actually, this was Springfield. Excuse me. This was Springfield VA. A coach Clemente asked this. He had a Clemente jersey on, big Clemente fan. He said, I, you know, I'm coaching a, a 10U team, um, and, and I really am passionate about your message. I want to push that on, and that's what I'm doing. But I feel like a fish out of water. I feel like I'm in the minority. And I think the entire coaching staff at that Springfield coaches clinic was like, boy, you should feel like a fish out of water in this culture. Uh, when every other coach, it's a money grab and they're trying to win as many trophies as they can, you're actually pushing these kids to be great people and, and to teach love of play. And you're, you're looking at it like big picture thinking. Uh, I want this kid to be able to play high school ball and love the game. I want them to be a great student when they get to college, uh, a good husband one day. Um, and, and I said, hey, uh, Mark Twain was right when he said, uh, when you're on the side of the majority, it's time to take a, a good look in the mirror. Um, stay in that minority and, and lead by example. You know, these other coaches that are, uh, that are win at all costs and, and yelling and, and screaming and, and, you know, just adding to the toxic nature of, of youth sports, uh, lead by example, everything, you know, uh, they're they're watching you as you react to the way your kids strike out or fail, uh, and and they notice it. And and yeah, maybe one part of their brain's thinking, "Oh, that's soft. That's soft." They're they're not even trying to win. You know, it's just soft. Uh, like some of the comments I see in my comment section on uh, on social media, uh, especially TikTok. Um, uh, but uh, deep down, they're like, "Huh, okay." I, I noticed that. I see that. And uh, that's a different way of, of doing it. And then who knows? Maybe uh, after you keep peppering them with with all that positivity and all that love, uh, they'll change their tune. That's the goal. But that was that was that was another great moment during uh, my coaches clinic tour here uh, in August was was coaches that are in these elite uh, elite travel ball communities. And that's necessary for these elite players. They 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 need to be challenged, and 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 a lot of them enjoy that tournament atmosphere. But you, as the coach, you uh, if you're trying to win that game uh, that day, 
you're going to burn out your best pitcher. They're going to hurt their elbow. You're pitching them too many pitches. You're going to wean out the, the non-elite player who's not getting to play at all. Uh, parents are going to be uh, just cussing at umpires uh, because they got to win that day. And, uh, and, and they feel like uh, 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 that the umpire is not allowing them to win. Uh, and coaches, yeah, you're going to be yelling at your players more often and getting passive aggressive. Um, all things that are not needed. Um, Aaron Boone needs to win tonight or he's going to lose his job as a Yankee manager. Uh, you as a, a little league coach, you're not going to lose your job. Sometimes you probably want to lose your job because it's so stressful and uh, there's so much and you're just volunteering your time. You'd rather be having dinner with your family. Um, you're not going to lose your job if you lose. Uh, but uh, I think that when I look back on my uh, rookie years as a coach, uh, when I feel pain, and I know Chopper will say the same thing, and he's told these stories on the pod, I feel pain when I think back and I'm like, I pushed some kids away from the game the way I was coaching with my tone, um, vernacular, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, so, you know, I have to live with that uh, as, as, as do all of us. Oh, we learn by our failures and our mistakes. So, um, yeah, that's the lens. Uh, the next kind of V on my, on my list that I've been talking uh, with my coaches about on this tour um, was the nicknames. And when I'm looking through that lens of fun and character, I think the fun aspect is really highlighted with the nicknames. These kids have never met me. Some of them have seen my videos. Some have not. Um, some love the game. Some kind of. Some, they don't like the game at all. Uh, you have kids from all walks of life in every state. And, and the first thing I'm doing is finding a shady spot. And we're spending 15 minutes. And I'm asking them, hey, what'd you have for breakfast? What do you love to do? What um, what's your what's your favorite thing to do other than baseball? Uh, what's your favorite smell? Uh, superhero, animal, anything, just to get to know them and 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 to let them know right away I'm the fun coach. I'm not going to just uh, pour skill development right down your throat out of the gates. Uh, I want to connect with you as a person. King Griffey Jr. taught me that. Name drop salute. Connect with your people. Connect with those kids. Uh, ask them questions. So I build that trust right away with that 15-minute sesh of nicknames uh, and letting them know, hey, I'm fun. I've got a nickname. And all my all my friends here that are coaching as well, they got nicknames too. Um, so I can build that trust. And then I can throw in the character aspect with baseball cards. So the nicknames uh, highlights the fun. And then the, the baseball cards highlights the character. In that team meeting, uh, I am immediately able to tell, okay, that kid's dialed in, right? They're a leader, and they probably love the game of baseball. They are so excited to be here. Uh, those two kids looking down at the grass, they're kind of bashful, or they don't want to be here. Uh, either way, let, let's let's try to open up that can of worms a little bit. Let's see, you know, why 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 are they why are they not really dialed in? Then you got the two that are cutting up and talking when they're not supposed to, disrupting the team meeting. So I'm taking everything in in those 15 minutes uh, and, and letting everybody know the expectations um, that I will be the most fun coach you've ever met, uh, but, uh, but you got you to gotta dial in that uncomfortable eye contact first. So um, that's, that's, how I, that's how I approach 
my lens practically. Uh, and, and then the next D on my piece of paper, and I've still got this same piece of paper through the whole, all the different cities uh, of what I've been working with in my coach's clinic is the cones. Uh, a lot of coaches, I'll ask this question, hey, what kind of stuck out to you uh, in this three-hour camp? And a lot of them say the cones. And what I've done is I've set up cones before anybody gets there. And these are partner throw and catch cones. And we've talked about this too uh, on, on the pod with me and Chopper, where if there is a sense of organization uh, right when the kid arrives, um, then everything's going to just be easier. The cones actually serve as another coach. And I've got, uh, I've got balls set on these cones. Uh, that way, as soon as we've done our nicknames and, and our first team meeting, and I stretch them out a little bit, we get their gloves and we get them to these cones and they're playing catch with a partner. Um, we also set up a bag line. Everybody hooks their bag on, on the fence in a line and we put our gloves in a glove line. And uh, I, I always say, if our equipment looks pretty uh, in, the, in the dugout, then it's going to perform better. Uh, but just that setting that tone of bag line, glove line, good team meeting pose and all those cones, there's more organization. I've been to a lot of little league practices where, um, you know, you got two kids tickling each other. Then you, you look out in center field and three kids are climbing the fence. You look in right field, four kids are playing pepper. Everybody's everywhere. And it's just chaos. Um, it, it, this can, this can really help you. So that organization, those cones, plus, I'm pretty allergic to uh, stagnant or boredom, and, and I know kids are too. So um, with the partner throw and catch aspect, I can work the skills of catching, throwing, fielding um, right there in my cone setup where kids have a one-on-one. -on -one. It's not like eight kids standing around while one, one kid's working on catching and throwing. Everybody's working and moving. Uh, and then uh, a kind of a secret to the sauce I learned this in teaching school. I call it catch the wave. After about 30 seconds of working one specific uh, skill, or maybe we do a competition for points, I uh, blow that whistle and I, I move on to the next thing. As soon as the engagement or the energy level from the kid seems to uh, almost be at a peak, cut it off right there. Catch that wave and move on to the next. That's just a little secret to the sauce. Um, and that's the cones. Uh, the, the next phase of your practice schedule should be small groups. If you've got a team of 12, um, then you, you've got to expect at least three separate groups of skill level or experience. You'll have the, the newcomers, maybe four of those, non-elite. You'll have the middle of the road who've played a few years, kind of like it, not sure about it. And then you've got the four experienced seasoned veterans, elite uh, and you want to group them up by skill level and, and by experience. That way, the, the kid throwing 90 is not uh, popping the newcomer in, in the face with a bloody nose. Uh, you want to group them up uh, in small groups. Hopefully, you've got three coaches uh, for a 12-kid practice. And maybe in right field, you're working on fly balls or batting practice. Uh, maybe in the infield, you're working on force outs at second or cutoffs. Uh, maybe in left field. You're working on a pitching station or a catching station, uh, but get creative with these small group stations. Use footballs, use tennis balls, uh, do bare hand stuff. Yeah, sure. You can use gloves and real hard balls, uh, but mix it up. Uh, just, just keep surprising the kids with, with different things. 
I mean, heck, maybe even throw a kickball station out there uh, in left field just to kind of keep kids fresh. Uh, my daughters are, are really knee deep in dance and they absolutely love it. And one thing me and my wife, Mrs. Ballgame discuss is, is just, let, let's just make sure there's, there's something fresh, something totally different in the mix there. That way they're not just uh, always doing one thing, um, diversify the portfolio a little bit. So in your practices, uh, and yeah, mix that in and then end every practice could be 20 minutes, 30 minutes with some sort of sandlot game. Yeah, it can be a hard ball and a glove uh, and helmets and using their own bats, machine pitch, coach pitch, kid pitch, whatever. Uh, but I think a lot of the kids really love just a rag ball and a, and a broomstick or share one bat and use a tennis ball. Coach pitch, coach catch, uh, throw in the peg rule like kickball where you can peg the runner. Um, but when I ask 100 kids, what's your favorite part of camp? 90 of them say the Sandlot game, which we also call the Roberto Clemente game because Roberto used a lemon for a ball and a stick for a bat. Um, but but get that game going. Uh, it, it really, it, it leaves them with the idea of, wow, man, baseball is a birthday party. It's so much fun. I can't wait to come back tomorrow. And that takes it all the way back to number one, the lens. You've done your job. You made them want to come back tomorrow. Uh, with that fun. I actually, before I did a sandlot in Nashville, uh, there was a team and they finished off with a water balloon fight where they were, uh, you know, tossing a water balloon, trying to catch it. Uh, and you know, the, the last two ball players standing won the contest. But, uh, as those kids were walking away and I was walking in, I'm like, I'm going to have to use that. And they're like, you should, it was fun. Those kids are going to come back uh, to the next practice uh, energized uh, because you, 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 finished off practice on a really high fun note. So that's the sandlot. Finally, as the parents arrive, some of them stay, some of them go, they have work and other kids to manage. But when they come pick up the kids, you have an award ceremony. And that is where, and we did this in every town where each coach gave out an award, uh, not for the best player. Uh, it's not even a game ball for, for, the, for the home run hitters or the, the fastest throwers but it, we keep score of your character at the Sandlot. And so uh, the kids that were cheering before anybody else was, paying attention before anybody else was, dancing on a toilet, being down and ready, uh, or giving out fist bumps before anybody else was, they were the leaders, they get a highlight, they, they get an award. And when the parents see that you, as, as a coaching staff, you're building this culture where we're gonna award good choices, um, they'll buy in. They'll buy into that, and then they won't um, they won't put as much pressure on their kid to to go three for four. Uh, they won't yell at the umpires. They won't yell at their kids in high leverage moments. They'll they'll just sit back, eat some popcorn, and smile. And they'll allow you to coach. Um, that's something I've I'm very uh, very forthcoming with is is set the expectations early on with your parents so everybody's on the same page. Hey we might go 0 and 15 this year. I don't think we are, but that's not priority one. Can I make them better people? Can I make them fall in love with the game? Uh, and can we build their skills uh, in that order? Um, and I know your intentions are good parents. Chopper is really good at this. And he's, he's uh, taught this in previous episodes of kind of how he approaches parents that are 
uh, clinging to the fence too hard or yelling too loud when their their kids in the batter's box. Your intentions are good, uh, but it's unproductive. It's making them perform worse. So um, that I, I I challenge you to just sit back, uh, eat some popcorn, smile, and see what happens. I bet they perform better. And I've posted a couple of these videos on my social media as well. Just uh, um, you know things I've learned along the way. Uh, you seem to have the practice version of a kid, uh, which a lot of times is high energy and uh, and and high production. But then the game version. Uh, it falls off uh, because there's a spotlight on them. There's umpires, the scoreboards on a lot more fans. Um, and, and we've got to make sure that these kids, uh, while they are very nervous and they know it's a big moment, right? They're not dumb. They're smart. They see all the stuff going on in these big games. Uh, we, as parents, can we remind them it's, just another game, just another day. Uh, I actually uh, put a more high precedent on practice than I do the game. The practice is more important than the game. Uh, let the game just be a time to enjoy and, and entertain the crowd, and I bet they'll perform better. So uh, build that culture up, and, and we're doing it city by city on this tour. Uh, I'm really proud of it, really proud of the, the positive community uh, we are building, and, and you're all a part of it. Uh, all the boots, all the parents, all the coaches that that came on this tour. Uh, if I backtrack a little more, the eight weeks of summer camp we did here in Orange County was fantastic. Uh, and I sent out an email to all those parents as well that I think that the best part of, of all of it is these kids that are coming to my summer camps in Orange County uh, in 10 years, they're going to be coaches. And that's kind of how it's been working. Uh, it gives me a chance to hang out with these kids a little longer into their high school days uh but we're we're starting to turn it out uh and and get kids that used to be great campers are now coaches and they turn into the best coaches uh because they've grown up in this culture uh but very very proud uh we we did denver uh in june and i don't even think we discussed that on this podcast but that was outstanding had to do it indoors uh, because of rain but my man Sean Flicky, friend of the pod, came down and helped me coach that. Uh, and then MLB sent me on a few really epic spots. The All Star Game in Seattle was uh, it was hot, next level, and the All Star Game always is. Uh, I go to ten MLB gigs a year, and and as far as access to former major leaguers or current major leaguers, the All Star Game is the creme de la creme. Uh, Felix Hernandez came by, uh, King Felix, Andre Dawson did a, a staring contest with uh, one of our campers at the play ball camp. Um, Edgar Martinez did an attaboy challenge with him. Uh, what an absolute stud he is and a great man. Uh, and then MLB sent me over to Cooperstown for my first visit there. And if you haven't been, oh man. You got to go. You got to walk down Main Street. I mean, we did a, a couple of uh, camps, play ball camps uh, on Double Day Field, uh, which apparently is where baseball was invented. Abner Double Day invented the game right there. And, and the people that have walked on those grounds, Lou Gehrig, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson. I mean, it is hallowed ground uh, there at Double Day. But walking down Main Street, you know, you go into one of the 50 baseball card shops and there's Pete Rose sitting back there signing autographs. I got a, a 1986 World Series ball signed by Doc Gooden, uh, which was uh, very, very special. 
and then they have a parade in Cooperstown uh, where basically your your childhood just just rolls right in front of you uh, on the back of a truck. Ricky Henderson and Raleigh Fingers and Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson, Ozzy Smith. And I had my big conga drum, which has got about 60 signatures on it. And I was playing that thing while they were cruising by. I had my pal, Coach Pterodactyl, who is uh, uh, strong boots on the ground here in Orange County with me. Uh, he joined me there in Cooperstown. And um, we just gave attaboys to every Hall of Famer that rode by. Uh, there were two specific Hall of Famers that spent more time than anybody else walking down this parade line of people signing autographs. Jim Tomey, who is a Roberto Clemente Award winner, uh, he signed the conga, came down, he, he held the conga, and he was like, this is awesome. <laughs> he signed his signature. And then um, Cal Ripken Jr., a Roberto Clemente Award winner, probably spent two and a half hours uh, and and it wasn't just signing autographs. Like he had present moments with each person. Hey, what's, what's your name? Who are you? Um, thank you for coming. Uh, he signed a baseball that I gave to Papa Ball Game, my dad. His dad was a shortstop, loved Cal. And then he signed the the drum as well. So attaboy to Cal and uh, and Jim Tomey. That's now 11 Hall of Famers uh, that have signed the, the Mac Daddy Conga drum. Um, and... Uh, Really special, really special. My next MLB gig is in a couple of weeks, Roberto Clemente Day in Pittsburgh. Um, we know it's going to be on the 16th uh, from 11 to 2. For those of you uh, in that area that, that want to come, I don't exactly know the address yet, but I'll be doing uh, that. And then I'll head up to Erie, PA. I'll have a sandlot up there that night. But uh, September is is going to be even busier than August, folks. Um we hit, uh, what did we hit? One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 sandlots in August. I think we've got about 20 in September and it starts next week. I'll actually do this podcast from Madison, Wisconsin. Um, friend of the pod, Coach Sparky. Uh, I'll probably be doing it from his house because we've got a sandlot that night in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, he's got his, Whole little league coming in, coaches as well. We'll do a, a sandlot and a and a coaches clinic there, and then it's on to Milwaukee uh, uh, with the um, uh, with the the Brew Crew uh, gang intact. Uh, I'm trying to get Jeff Levering uh, to come, but I think the the Brew Crew have a game that night, so uh, he's probably got to work. But uh, we'll do Milwaukee, then we'll head to the Chicago area uh, for four sandlots. Uh, in that broad Chicago area, St. Louis, uh, and then Kansas City uh, before we head over to Pittsburgh for Roberto Clemente Day. So uh, the train rolls on, uh, and, and you know, I, I have to pinch myself because uh, these are quite possibly the best days of my life. You know, just Johnny Apple seating my way from town to town in a Nissan Rogue rental car not a sponsor, by the way, uh, but uh, it, they uh, that car really did well on this August trek. Um, it's just so fun, and and it's, it's so powerful to uh, meet all of you that listen to this pod, uh, that drive two hours uh, from your home to 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 do this sandlot thing, and especially those boots. So um, 
I think we're doing 60 cities this year. We might, we might have a hundred next year. Who knows? Uh, I think this thing's going to keep on growing, but uh, that, that, uh, that pinch me moment, it, it comes in every town and I'm, I'm, I do not take it for granted. Uh, and and I, I try and bring as much energy as I can to each town. A big atta girl to Mrs. Ball game when I'm on the road, uh, she's got to make the breakfast and the lunch and get these girls to dance and cheer practice. And uh, we're trying to get the girls into basketball and volleyball too. So she gets a big atta girl while I'm on the road. Uh, really makes it possible for me to do this. Um, and then do ball game. Uh, her mom also helping out as well. Uh, and I, I know a listener of this pod. So um, uh, I, lastly, I, I posed a, uh, on my Instagram uh, just any questions anybody had. Uh, yesterday, uh, and and we got some good ones. So I just want to quickly uh, jump on these before I I let you go. And and uh, Chad Chop, we missed you today. I hope I uh, held the fort down while you are on your um, duties there in Arizona. And you'll be back next week, I know, uh, for some good discussions. But fried or grilled? That was the first question I saw on my uh, Instagram post yesterday. I, I got to be honest, I'm a grilled guy, I know, and going into some of these towns, uh, a lot of good barbecue, Virginia, Louisville, Nashville, uh, there's some good brisket, and I had, I, I every town I go to, I ask my boots, hey, is there a good golf course, and is there some good food, uh, and I was introduced to a lot of great, a lot of great food, um, uh, but uh, I think I think I got to go grilled. It's just my tummy as I'm getting older, as I'm now 40 years old, it can't handle some of the stuff I used to. I feel like I used to be able to eat a, a, a you know, a carburetor or, a, you know, just uh, drink anything. But uh, these days I kind of got to watch what I'm doing. So it's, it's almond butter and uh, you know, some of the stuff that, that 10 years ago, I've been like, come on, man. But now here we go. Um, uh, so grilled, I go grilled, uh, what makes you want to go on tour and help these little leagues? Uh, great question. It, it really desperation. Um, I just can't handle, uh, these, these emails that come in and say, my kid wants to quit the game. Uh, there's too much, uh, too much pressure, uh, too many practices per week. Um, just not, not fun coaches, not fun atmosphere. Um, so I knew there was a mission, uh, I knew there was a problem and I had a mission. And, um, and so I think there's that, I, I just, I'm desperate to, um, to teach this game and how fun this game can be to every kid and every parent and coach, more importantly to them, because they're the ones that, that really frame what the game can look like for all these kids. So, um, I'm desperate. For it. I, I, I'm kind of stubborn too. I can't allow uh, my game to go uh, down the hatchet. Uh, what is your biggest fear? Oh man. Uh, good question there. Gordo Brown. Uh, I think my biggest fear definitely has to be um, something to do with my, my kids, my daughters, you know, my two girls, I think everybody can relate there where um, you just want them to have the, the most lovely, awesome, uh, childhood, uh, and you don't want anything bad to happen. And I think sometimes that thought can, can really wear you down and, and make you paranoid and anxious. And, uh, 
And, and my goal throughout that fear is to just not, not allow it to take me over. Uh, I will, I, I refuse to live in a state of fear. Um, and, and it really, as we all know, as we get older, life gets really hard. And I, I, I think wherever you're at in life, uh, whether you're spiritual or not religious or not, uh, but, um, it's hard either way. It's hard every way. Uh, bad things happen to, to really great people all over. Uh, but I, I think it, we, we, we must refuse to live in fear and, uh, and, and, and move forward, carry on. And man, what a better way to, to move forward than, than go town to town and, and, uh, and preach the Clemente gospel. It, it's a, it's a noble cause. So, um, yeah, there, there's my biggest fear and that's what I do about it. Uh, pre-game routine. What's yours and, and who's who's maybe your favorite? Pre-game routine. Well, a, as a player, uh, I I really did the same thing over and over. I did the same stretches. Uh, I kind of taped my, and even this was even in football and basketball, too. I kind of had the same person tape uh, my feet the same exact way. I just I, I enjoy routine. Uh, unless I was in a big slump and then I might break it up. But uh, I put the same amount of batting gloves in each back pocket. I put the same amount of sunflower seeds in my mouth. I tuck my shirt in the exact same way. Um, now, as a coach, um, it's turning into a, a little nap before uh, before uh, the sandlots begin. These sandlots begin at 5 p.m. And uh, a lot of times I'm driving that day, so it's a travel day, uh, then some lunch, and then some sort of nap. Uh, but I try to get there early. I think preparation is the key. Uh, I need to set these cones up and kind of get everything dialed in um, and and get all my sweat out uh, by 4.15. Then maybe I can have 10 minutes of quiet. I think that 10 minutes of just silence is, is huge because when the kids arrive, I want to be 100% present and I want to be engaged and, and, and fully energetic. So um, I, I drink a cup of coffee in the morning. Uh, I used to drink one, uh, in the evening to give me that late day pump up, but that turned into a lot of headaches. So, uh, I've, I've, I've moved out of that phase. So there's no pump up coffee pregame, um, but a lot of water, uh, and, and that 10 minute kind of rest, uh, or a little bit of a nap that gets me going, uh, thoughts on little league players throwing curve balls. Um, I, I think I'm just, I'm pretty firm on it. The answer's no. Uh, and I was a little leaguer that did throw curveballs. Uh, but by the time I was 17, I, my fastball was actually going down. So an 86 mile an hour fastball in ninth grade turned into an 82 mile an hour fastball. Uh, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, because when I was 12 years old playing in the Babe Ruth World Series, uh, and I had the best curveball. And my coach was was throwing that two down all the time because uh, we really wanted to win that that game. So again, the the lens I look through as a coach, um, big picture, and I think big picture is uh, how strong and healthy can that arm be when you're 17 and 18. Uh, that way, you, you don't have to pay a billion dollars to go to college. You get that college scholarship, uh, and then you've got uh, some some strength there. Uh, to to throw at 90, throw at 92 uh, when it matters, 94, and then they'll teach you a good curveball. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, the answer is no for me. Um, 
Coach Fungo from Charlottesville. Uh, awesome job, Coach Fungo. Uh, he, he watered the field. He and his son came early to Charlottesville and got that field looking right. And he helped coach that sandlot out of boy, Coach Fungo. Uh, the next venture for me and Chopper. Well, we'll have to answer that next week uh, when Chopper's back. Uh, he He's now... Uh, He's now uh, Mr. Dad uh, in Arizona. So he's coaching high school ball there. He's an athletic director there. Uh, but I do feel like we will continue to do these Tuesday um, Tuesday rendezvous just for our mental health. It's really good for us to to chat. Uh, he's just he's just a great man and, and I need good men in my life uh, pouring pouring that love uh, into my brain. So uh, I'll, I'll keep knocking on his door uh, forever to, to have Tuesday chats. And then I think th what I would love to do is build the Sandlot tour up so big that we need three or four coach ball games per city. And that's when we bring in Coach Flicky, we bring in Coach Chop. Uh, and then, you know, say we have 100 kids and we've got three fields going, uh, we've got we got great coaches on each each field, so I'd love to have Chopper do that. I'd also like to do, uh, and Mrs. Ballgame is a big advocate for this, is do a big coach fest here in Orange County, California, where I live, where we bring all you coaches and your kids out. We do a kids camp, and I kind of staff up with the best coaches I know, uh, and there's a lot of them, uh, but we staff up with that, and then everybody comes here. Uh, we have a kids camp. We have a coaches camp, and then you take your kid to Disneyland. You take your kid to Dodger Stadium, uh, an Angel game. It's quite the destination. So um, raise your hand if you're on board for that uh, as we try and uh, draw that up. Um, and then uh, we had Big Hurt, the biggest takeaway from the Sandlot thus far, good or bad. It's been all good, man. It's been all good. Uh, and, and I think I covered that where uh, just – Realizing there are so many great people uh, uh, in this land that just care about their kids' well-being um, that uh, that that this podcast and and what I've what I've done on my social media uh, we just hit fifty thousand followers on Instagram that all this stuff that I've been doing the last eight years uh, and then the last twenty years coaching it's 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 actually doing something. That there, there are definitely changes being made for the better. Uh, so uh, proud of the culture we've built, and and man, um, just the beginning, just the beginning. All right, gang. Uh, until next week, uh, give Chopper an attaboy, and as he would say, don't forget to rake. <laughs>